Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Woo! All right. Guess what? The coffee bar's closed. Come on in, ladies and gentlemen. Hallelujah. It's time for service. Are you glad to be here tonight? Well, two people are. Three people are. Hallelujah. Well, let's stand up this evening. Praise God. We are going to say our confession of faith over the United States of America. Amen. Because that's the words out of our mouth, and we're fixing to change this nation one person at a time. Amen. Y'all ready? Okay. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name, and in unity, we confess that Jesus Christ is Lord over the United States of America. We declare that righteousness Mercy, justice, and judgment from you shall prevail. We declare that America will complete her God-given mission to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world. We push back the darkness of Satan from this nation and call for the light of Jesus Christ to invade the media and every home, church, and school and every town, city, and state of this great nation the United States of America, in Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. You may be seated. Praise God. Well, I want to go over the announcements with you. Pastor Dave is uh, teaching in the youth group tonight, so you won't see him here. Um, remember that this Sunday, say this Sunday, Liz and Dana Nile are going to be here for both services. So... Uh, Dana's preaching in the morning service. Liz is preaching in the evening service. They're both awesome ministers of the gospel. But I'm really excited about uh, Dana bringing pictures, you know, video things that we can watch of his recent trip to Nepal. Now, uh, they don't go to, you know, the ends of their ministry is called Ends of the Earth Ministry. They've been to all the dangerous places where nobody else wants to go. Siberia, Nepal, Thailand, uh, Vietnam. Sri Lanka, all these places, you know, they go all over the place. So, and they're also the uh, over the, the entire missionary ministry of uh, the Association of Faith Churches and Ministers. And basically, they've got well, most of our missionaries are from AFCM. So anyway, you do not want to miss them being here. Now, for those, uh, I passed out to a bunch of you that I could. Uh, we are going to take up a special offering the last Sunday of the month. Not this Sunday because we got guest speakers, but the last Sunday of the month, we're going to be taking up a special offering for the 10 member team that, that, that High Desert Word Center has got going to Honduras in June. So we appreciate, you know, those of you who have helped out with uh, the garage sale and a bunch of other stuff, but um, it's cost about $1,500 a piece for everybody to go plus their airplane ticket, which is about $800. There's 10 of us going, so add it up. So, anyway, there's going to be a special offering Sunday morning, last Sunday of the month, which will be April the 30th, okay? So make sure that you be praying about what you want to give into that offering, okay? Um, also, we're going to have water baptism on, on that same day, the last Sunday of the month, during the 10 a.m. service. So if you're born again have never been water baptized, there's a sign-up sheet on the info booth. Make sure that you do that. And I'm excited about the National Day of Prayer, Monday, I know, Thursday, May the 4th, 7 p.m., right here. Um, all the churches uh, uh, in Barstow that will come are going to be here. 
So that's going to be a great time of unity. So make sure you do that. And also, I'm going to pass out the sign-up sheet for the Mother-Son Country Breakfast with Mom, which is going to be May 13th, 9 a.m. And uh, you need to sign up for that. You need to get that paid. Um, the tickets will be in the info booth. And Susan, if you need to buy tickets, Susan will be in the info booth. And uh, did you ever figure out about the uh, online? I mean, the uh, okay, she's got If you want to pay by... Yeah, thank you. Whatever that fancy word is, ATM. Yeah, that'll work. Okay, praise the Lord. Okay, anybody here for the first time today? I know there's a few people. First time today. This is Trinity's daughter, Caroline. Caroline or Carolyn? Carolyn. Okay, well, welcome, Carolyn. Anybody else here first time? Okay, well, we're glad you're all here anyway. All right, so guess what time it is now? It is happy time. So if you would like an envelope for your giving, raise your hand. And we're going to be reading from Luke 6.38 tonight. Love this scripture. This goes along with your, this is a giving offering scripture. So this goes along with what you're going to be sowing on the last Sunday of the month. Amen. So Jesus said, give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together. And running over shall men give into your bosom. For the same measure that you meet with all, it shall be measured to you again. And that's an offering scripture. Okay, so did you all get an envelope that needed one or did I even say that? I did say it. Thank you, sir. He helps me. Yeah, thanks for keeping me on my feet. <laughs> okay, let's stand up and say our financial faith confession. Then we'll do some praise and worship. Amen. As we bring the Lord's tithe and give offerings today, we believe we receive jobs or better jobs, promotions, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, growth in business, settlements, estates and inheritances, interest and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, finding money, bills paid off, debts paid off, royalties received, blessings and increase. Thank you, Lord, for meeting all my financial needs so that I have more than enough to take good care of my family, to give generously in the kingdom of God, and promote the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. We're going to sing together tonight. Feel free to join us at the altar or you can sing from your seats. Let's just worship the Lord together.
watch what we say. He's faithful. to my doubt you were 
Jesus, you're so good. Your mercy endures forever. Thank you for your plan for all of our lives as individual believers. For all of us together as a church family planted in California to change California from right here. Lord, I want to thank you. We're like a giant earthquake getting ready to erupt with Jesus. This is the epicenter of a major move of God right here. And we're part of it. Thank you tonight that as we worship you, as we look at your holy written word, as we allow the Holy Spirit to speak to all of our hearts, we're going to see how to believe you for big things in our lives and break big things to pass to give you glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen, amen. Woo, woo, woo. Hallelujah. Yeah, I'm so excited I can't hardly contain myself. Man, I, I, every time I get up here and get to preach, I get that way. But I got one tonight for all of you. I want to make sure this is the right church and the right people. The title is, Jesus Ready to Do Big Things for You. Are you ready? Are you the ones? You want to just barely get along and barely make it through life and always be on defense against the devil, just wait for his next attack so you can cry out? Or you want to take some offensive? Offense. You want to be on the offense. Take some ground back. Do what God wants you to do. Amen. I'd I, I, I like to see myself in Hebrews chapter 11. Does anybody ever read Hebrews chapter 11? It's called the Hall of Fame for Faith People. Amen. I'd like to see myself in the book of Acts. The book of Acts is not about 12 apostles. The book of Acts is the actions of the believers that begin the church age. Amen. Amen. Have we got any saved people in here? That ought to excite you then. The book of Acts is still being written. There's chapters of the book of Acts that has my name in it. How about you? Do you ever have any actions of faith for Jesus? Do you ever witness to anybody, pray for anybody? Do you ever pray and see things happen? Then you're a New Testament believer and the book of Acts is still being written and there's things in there for you. Amen. There's chapters yet hasn't been written. But I want you to go to Hebrews chapter 10, verse 35 and 36. And somebody act like they're alive. Amen. Act like on the inside. You're so, you're so excited, you can't, only, can't hardly contain yourself uh, inside of this body, and you want to come out and shout because of what God's doing with you and through you. That's where I am. I got transferred out here 18 years ago to help revive a church that was dying, and we did that. Hey, man, 
This church is revived from where it was. We still have several people here that were here back then, and they can testify, right, Cindy? Amen. Robert? Susan? Anybody else? Anybody else? Okay. That's enough. Sabrina, yeah, that's one of my sheep. But anyway, we are here, and we're just beginning to get some things done. And so, Jesus, this is the title, if you want to write it down, Jesus is ready to do big things for you. Say that, please. Say, Jesus is ready to do big things for me. I am ready. All right, Hebrews 10, 35 and 36. Now, this is going to be some things to help you be in position. Uh, matter of fact, about 40-some years ago, heard a man preach a sermon. Uh, it was called this, What Do You Do Between the Amen and the There It Is? How many know sometimes you pray the prayer of faith, Release your faith, and there might be a little period of time before it shows up. But what do you do between amen and there it is? Do you backslide and go back and live like the world? Or do you stay safe and keep acting like a Christian until it shows up? What do you do? All right. Hebrews 10, 35. Cast not away, therefore, your confidence, which hath great recompense of reward. i got a question for you. A really, really simple question. But an honest question. How many here, when you pray for something in your life, that's absolutely going to take a move of God to bring it to pass, whether it's a job, a healing, salvation of people you love, uh, a car, whatever it is, how many get excited when you pray because you know God's listening? Amen. You know what? That's called confidence that he's going to answer. Well, if it takes more than two hours to get here, are you still going to stay excited? What if it takes longer than two days? Will you stay excited? What if it takes two weeks? Will you stay excited? What if it takes a couple months? Well, what if it takes a couple years? What if it takes 15 years? He says, cast not away, therefore, your confidence. Why? It has great recompense and reward. You know what reward, you know what I call that reward? Answered prayer. Jesus said, Mark eleven twenty four. Therefore I say unto you, what things soever you desire, when you pray, when you pray, believe that you receive them, you shall have them. You don't pray it, get excited, and then because it doesn't show up right away, like like a popcorn in the microwave, put it in there, pop, pop, pop. There you go. You got popcorn in three minutes. Well, most things don't show up in three minutes. And so while you list that popcorn popping and going off there, you're getting excited because you know you're ready to get a treat. You need to stay just as excited the next day as you did when you prayed yesterday. You know, the same Jesus that heard you yesterday is the same Jesus that still work with you two weeks from now. And so it says, cast not away, therefore your confidence which hath great recompense and reward. The reward is what you've seen in the words you're praying about. But then look at this one here now. Verse 36. For you have need of patience. And right here, right here is the key. After you have done the will of God. After you have done the will of God. Somebody said, well, what's the will of God? I'm glad you asked. We're going to look at the will of God tonight to help you after you've prayed to keep your confidence until you get the answer. After you've done the will of God, you might receive the promise. Well, why, why is it you might receive the promise? Because if you throw away your confidence, 
You're the one determined the might. If you're the one, if you're the one, after it didn't happen overnight, you start saying, oh, what's the use? I'm no good. I'm just a worm. God knows all the evil I've done. He knows how rotten I am. Uh, my family's born on the other side of the tracks. We don't have enough education. We're stupid. Nobody likes us. We're losers. Everybody in that whole church has it made but me. I'm the only one in there that still lives like a heathen. Has anybody ever heard those lies come to you, all the reasons why it wouldn't work for you? I remember one time, uh, 40-some years ago, we came to Wednesday night service at our church. Had a lot of people in the church, about a 500-member church, and we were, we, we were sheep. I was a truck driver. Got off late so we, you know, could barely get there for the 7 o'clock service. I remember I came in there. They never did testimonies on a Wednesday night. I came in there all tired from being all, out in the truck all day long, walked there, sat down. For some reason, he let a lady stand up and give a testimony. As she talked about how rough a time she'd been having, how it looked like nothing was working, and just, you know, what a loser she was, and God finally came through. And that lady changed my life. Because I was at a faith church that everybody smiled all the time, Everybody talked all the time what Jesus did for me. He blessed me. He healed me. He gave me the job. Everything's going perfect. We were all perfect Christians. They stood up and did that. Man, all of a sudden, I rose up out of my seat and just, I held my head up. I thought, wow, I'm not the only one in here that's not perfect. Changed my life forever. And then after that, I began to realize that every church has regular people. And when you're a faith person... You don't go around all the time telling what's not working. You tell what is working. That's faith. And because you always tell what is worth it in a faith church, you don't know that other people are facing money problems. You don't know somebody else just lost their job. You don't know somebody else is having family trouble. Because everybody's faith people. You know, they wait till they get back outside before they start whining. But in a church, you think they're all winners. Is that true or not? Is that the way it works? Amen. And so anyway, that changed my life forever. And so that's what I want to talk about tonight. After you've done the will of God, God wants you to receive the promise. And so uh, Jesus wants to speak to me tonight to those of you that love Jesus. Listen to this. I wrote that down this, this morning by the Holy Ghost. He wants me to speak to those of you that love Jesus or doing your best to follow him. But what you have really been praying and believing for has not happened yet. Mrs. Pastor and I prayed for some things for probably 15 years before they happened or longer, believing God for things to happen. But we did what we're going to talk about tonight. So we've been there and done that so many times I couldn't count them. And so I want to teach you how to stay in faith until your faith and patience brings your heart's desire to pass. Did you hear the key words there? How to stay in faith. How to stay in faith. And it says, you have need of patience. You have need of patience. And that patience there means you stay constant. You stay constant. You keep a good confession. You stay saved. Stay going to church. And when you don't feel like singing, you sing. You don't feel like tithing, you tithe. You don't feel like loving, you love. All the different things that Christians do, you keep on doing those things. Now, hold on to your seats. Isaiah chapter 43 Verse 18 and 19, put your seatbelts on. If you're kind of wild, don't run past my wife. All it takes is one wild person run past her and she's up and off. 
How many have ever seen her make a lap or two around the church? All right, so do me a favor. Let her sit and rest. She's had a long day. But if you want to run, you can run. Well, Cindy might run too, though. She's been known to run. She'll probably kick a little bit too. Just don't get in her way. <laughs> Isaiah 43, verse 18. Here's the will of God for you to be able to receive what you believe in God for. Remember ye not the former things, neither consider the things of old. Remember not all the losing things, all the bad things. You can't dwell and think on what didn't work in the past. Now, we're really going to get in this tonight to really help you. He says, quit thinking about what a loser you are. Quit thinking about all the things that didn't work. You know, I think about, I think about Thomas Edison. I think probably most people have heard that story. But Thomas Edison, I don't know how many times he failed at making a light bulb that he knew would work. I saw a documentary on TV. Pastor Dave knows a whole lot of that story. But Thomas Edison and a lot of people back in those days were trying to make a light bulb that would light and give light and not burn out after a couple hours. And so he worked at it and worked at it and worked at it. He's up to 2,000 and some times he had a light bulb. I know this is it. And his friends began to say, why don't you quit? You know it's not going to work. He said, no, sir. I know 2,000 ways that don't work. All I have to do is find one way that does. That's why we got these tonight. And so in my life personally, when I've been believing God to do big things, what I've always done, this is not my sermon but because i got this direction going, what I've always done is this. I listen to good preaching. I study the Bible myself. I read faith books. And then when a verse or two jumps off at me that applies to my situation, I grab that one. I write it down. I pray it. I read it. I look at it. And then after a while, if it still hasn't happened yet, I find more verses. I just keep finding more verses. I say, I know that's real. I know it's true, but glory to God, i got some fresh, fresh material now. I'll stand on this one here. My God supplies all of my needs. When does the heaven are open? I'm a giver. It's given unto me. Amen. You said I'm saying you don't stop. You keep digging in, but you don't dwell on the past. How could you, if you keep looking back, look forward to Jesus, the author and finish your faith? You can't be looking back at the failure and be looking forward to what Jesus has. I want to say that again. You can't be looking backwards and forwards at the same time. Something's not going to work. Now, here we go. Verse 19. Behold, I will do a new thing. Knowledge shall spring forth. Josh, would you do me a favor? Holler or say hallelujah or something. Now, those of you, those of you that are currently in the midst of something you want to happen, and you feel like you're losing. Jesus just said to you, He said, but a new thing is going to spring forth and all, and uh, shall you not know it? I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. God said that. Now let me tell you something special about that verse to me, verse 19. On January 9th of 2015, how many were here on January 9th of 2015 when Dr. Barclay was here? 
All the regulars were here. Okay, Dr. Barclay called us up, Mr. Pastor and I, as the pastor of the church, and said, I've got a word for your church. And uh, Dr. Barclay is a prophet of God for sure. I can't say that about everybody that calls themselves a prophet. A lot of them are non-prophets. But Dr. Barclay is a prophet. And he said this. He said, God has this verse for you. And then he said this. God is going to show up at High Desert Word Center this year and water you. Things that didn't work will work now. And so when we came here in 2005, I think it's safe to say we resurrected the church. But the old guys say that we resurrected the church. And, and we gave new life to the church. And we were very faithful. We, plus all the church people, we were faithful to do our part for this church to grow. But it seemed like at that point in time, we just knew in our hearts there was more, there was more, there was more that God wanted to do. And that year began to be a big change in the church. Growth started coming. Money started coming. All kinds of good things started happening to the church because God said, I'm going to water you. I want you people that have been fighting off depression, fighting off quitting, fighting off why, 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 win, win, win. Jesus has given you a word tonight. He wants to water you. But you've got to quit looking back at your failures. If you keep looking back, you're not going to make it. Why is that? Well, God just said in verse 18, he said, quit remembering the former things. When you remember the former things, you're in fear. Fear is the opposite of faith. Faith believes that God will. Fear believes it'll never happen for me. I want to say that again. Faith always says God will. Fear always looks back and says, well, he might do it for you, but he'll never do it for me because you're better than I am. You know, God likes you better. You know, I, I just, I'm just not, I'm not, I'm not worth anything. He wouldn't do anything for me. Well, that's not Bible. Amen. And so I think about, I think about when we came to California in 2005, pretty much our ministry was dried up back in Indiana. We'd had a very successful church of ministry for a lot of years, but things dried up. We took some hits and weren't able to see through them where God had something different for us. And so he sent us to California as we saw him make a big move right then. And then Dr. Barclay comes along and tells us what Jesus said he's going to do for us. We grabbed a hold of it. We started saying that. We started speaking this verse, that God's watering our church. God's doing a new thing in our church. God's doing great things in our church. That's what you need to say about your life, that God's doing great things. God's doing new things in my life. And so uh, things begin to change for the better. And Jesus wants me to tell all of you, he wants to do a new thing for you. How many want some newness in your life, some freshness in your life? You have to let go of the past to cooperate with him. And I'm thinking about us as believers. You don't think that you could hinder God. You could hinder God. I can take you to a thousand verses. It's always God and man. God says, for example, to get born again, he says, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Human beings do the calling. God does the saving.
He said, believers lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Believers do their part, then Jesus does his part. He says, bring the tithe in the storehouse, I'll open the windows of heaven. We bring the tithe, he opens. Everything there is, there's the God part and the man part. God said, you quit bringing up the past and I'll do a new thing. You know, I, I, I learned something long ago. Heard a man said, it's always stuck with me. Your worst problem is about two, inch, two inches beneath your nose. And there's been so many times I've walked into my mirror, I've looked in my mirror, I've pointed at me, and I said, shut up, stupid. And I've said this, I've done this. I've said, stop it. You're not going to hinder me to receive what Jesus has me. You be quiet. Don't you say anything. Shut up. Until I speak the word again. You better, you better learn to do those kind of things. And then if somebody tries to bring up your past, say, I don't know where you're talking about. That's under the blood of Jesus. Jesus forgot it. He threw it in the sea of forgetfulness, and I'm not going fishing. Amen. But you can clap if you want to. That's okay to clap. Amen. Tell you what, as good as I'm preaching, I shouldn't have to solicit those. (laughs) If I'm preaching to the right people. And and there's people out there watching too. So the ones out there, if if you're not clapping yet, you better start. We're going to pull the plug. (laughs) Amen. All right. I want you to go to Luke chapter 5. And like the man said, Luke chapter 5, if this don't light your fire, your wood's all wet. Right, Raymond? (laughs) I don't think anybody has more fun doing this than me. Because I like to see people helped. That's my calling. That's what my gift is, to help people through the Word of God get the victory in their life. We're here to help people win. Everybody that's born again is a winner. But everybody doesn't win because they don't do what it takes to win. Luke chapter 5. And we're going we're to be looking at just verse 4 and verse 5. But the thing is here, Jesus was out preaching by the seashore. And Peter, the fisherman there, had just brought their boats in. And Jesus, being able to get away from the crowd so he could preach, had to get in Peter's boat to back off because they were mobbing him. And so he was preaching from Peter's boat a little ways off the shore, preaching to the crowd up there. And when he got done speaking, verse 4, says, Now when he had left speaking, he said to Simon, that's Peter, Launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. He said, Take your boat back out now. Put your nets down for a big, 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 big catch of fish. Now listen to this. This is, this is for you there to a place where you think, what's the use? I tried it, and it didn't work. And Simon answered said to him, Master, we have toiled all the night, have taken nothing. Now right here needs to be your reply to Jesus when he speaks to your heart about going back again. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. He said, we tried it, it didn't work. Because you told me to do it again, I'm going to do it. He said, at thy word, at thy word, you've got to walk close to Jesus to know what he's telling you your heart to do. 
they said, and you know, I'd, I'm not going to go to all the all the things, but Peter, and these guys, wasn't just little sitting on the bank with a little worm and a bobber fishermen. They were commercial fishermen. <clears throat> they had many ships there, and these were guys that did this for their living every day. Every day they went out there. They knew where the fish were moving at, knew what the fish were doing. And every day they put those nets down. And so when they fished all night long and caught nothing, they cleaned their nets and they sat and listened to Jesus preach for however long he preached. And then by then it's time to go home and rest. So they go back out again and fish. The next day, Jesus says, I want you to go out now and fish. Well, they're commercial fishermen. They already fished a long time, came back in. Heard Jesus preach, and then Jesus, okay guys, don't go home, go fishing again. He said, Jesus, uh, we don't want to act like, uh, you don't know what you're talking about. We're commercial fishermen, you're a preacher. <laughs> said, you preach for a living, we fish for a living, and we know that when they're biting, they're biting, when they're not, they're not. And it's a lot of work to clean those nets up. It's a lot of work to get the crew back on board. It's a lot of work to go back out there. Jesus, we did it all night, but at your word, I'm going to do what you told me to do. And then as you read the story, it tells you they went back out there and them and their partner boat, two of them, got filled up so many fish, the boat started to sink. Can you imagine that many fish getting to fishing boats? They start to sink in the water. And then when it's all said and done, Peter came back in. And I'll go a few verses further. Look, I just want to say it so we keep moving. says he fell down on his face at Jesus' feet and said, Depart from me. I'm a wicked, simple man. It put the fear of God in him. And so that would be like on your job, whatever your job is, that uh, if you're if you're a you're an owner of a business or whatever you are. I know I was in trucking for a long time. My place went out of business. But the whole thing was, when it's over, it's over. And you know it's over. And then all of a sudden God tells you, I'm getting ready to prosper this business like you've never seen before. And you think, man, oh man, I've lost every customer I got. There's no production. Nobody's buying. Nothing's going to be good. And Jesus said, bring your tithe in and get out there. I'm going to prosper this business. Okay, Jesus, at your word. And you get out there and all of a sudden everything turns around and you're going to have a fear of God too. You're going to fall on your face and you say, oh, I'm a wicked, simple man, Jesus. I don't belong in your presence. Can you hear what I'm saying? The whole point is what he told Isaiah, quit looking back at the failures. I'm going to do a new thing. He told Peter, don't look back at what didn't work. You go now. I'm going to do a new thing. I've learned that in my life so many times. I was thinking about back in, uh, I, I got into trucking in 1969. What were you all doing in 1969? Some of you were still were around then. Most of you weren't. In 1969, I got my first trucking job. In 1984, my company went bankrupt. I've been there 15 years, and all of a sudden, what I'd done the last 15 years was gone. The job was gone. Not just our trucking company. That was, that was some bad years back then. A lot of truck companies went out. Well, a bunch of my friends I worked with got a job at this one company that was the cream of the crop for the Midwest. And uh, they got on there. And I went over there. I tried to get on. And I worked at it for a couple years. I'd go to work where they'd let me. And I was doing all my praying, all my believing, and they wouldn't hire me. For two years, for two years, I tried to get on there, and I couldn't get hired. 
And so I took a job at half the, at half the rate. And then all of a sudden, uh, in 1989, they called me. They wanted to hire me. So guess what? I got the job. But I kept my mouth right. I'm going to get that job. That's my job. That's my job. That's my job. I held on to it as the best job I ever had. Until 1992, when Jesus said, quit and be a pastor. And I always thought, I always thought that my transition from being a truck driver to a pastor was going to be when things were going bad in trucking, but I didn't know to make any money that God put me in pastored. That take care of it. It never worked that way. He waited until I was making more money I ever made, had the best hours I ever had, easiest job I ever had in trucking. He waited until I was out there in the cream of the crop job, and they said, go tell him you quit. So I said, nevertheless, Jesus, at thy word, it's that beginning of our pastorate, of our, of our, of our, uh, taking care of God's sheep full time. That was it. But see, the thing is, you've got to do what he says to do. So we went back and he did it for us, got that job. Somebody clap now. And so, uh, I think about us now as we, as we look at two more passages. <clears throat> In the past, you might have been out of God's timing. Did you ever think about that? What I learned, what I learned in some, some, in some other things of life, in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9, it says, One day is with the Lord as a thousand years, and a thousand years is as one day. And then also he told Peter, he said, The prophets of old saw our day coming, and they diligently inquired, Is this for us now? In the Old Testament, or is this for some future generation? When you're a believer walking with Jesus, you get flashes of things in your spirit that you know God wants to do in your life. You'll pick up on things about a job. You'll pick up on things that your mate, God's getting ready to send the mate you're believing for your way. That these things are going to happen. Or you've been believing for a baby, and God says you're going to have a baby. You're going to have a baby. And so we always think this is right now. And a lot of times, a lot of times, he gives that to you in your heart so you got something to use your faith on. You begin believing for the baby. You've been believing for the mate, the job, whatever it is. And if you'll just patiently keep on believing, walking with God until he brings it to pass, it'll work. But if you try to help him because it's not fast enough, you'll get hurt. You get discouraged and you might even backslide. That's why he said you have need of patience. That if you've done the will of God, then you can receive the promise. And so Peter then went out again, and they cast the net out, and they got that catch that Jesus told them they could get, but it was in his timing. And so we as Christians have to walk with him and keep on believing. To hear what Jesus tells you to do in your heart, you must live close enough to him with your life and actions to hear him. You know, listen, listening to ungodly music, watching wrong things all the time, hanging around with people that just talk garbage all the time. It's going to be kind of hard to hear the good shepherd of that atmosphere. That doesn't mean he's not talking. He's talking all the time. But we're not positioned to hear him. You know, I think about cell phones. This cell phone company we're with, we've been with for 25 years. And I thought they had perfect service everywhere to the place I live now. 
where we are now, I had to get a landline so I wouldn't miss important calls. And you know what? This cell phone company is still working everywhere, except where I am. The antennas aren't right or something. And so I have to be in position to get the calls. Jesus, through the Holy Spirit, is everywhere all the time. But there's some places, sometimes, when you got so much garbage around you, you can't hear him down here in your heart where he talks because of the garbage in your life. Say amen or oh me. Amen. So you got to get in position. And so I, I want to I look at a couple things you can check your heart for to make sure that you're hearing right. Go to Revelations chapter 2, verse 4 and verse 5. Go look at a couple places here in the book of Revelation. And it's just things that the Holy Spirit put on my heart this morning to suggest you to check out. Revelation 2, verse 4 and 5. Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee, because thou hast left thy first love. Thou hast left thy first love. Remember, therefore, from whence thou art fallen, and repent and do the first works. Or else I will come to thee quickly and remove thy candlestick out of its place, except thou repent. And so, if you're waiting on God, the will of God is to prayerfully examine yourself honestly with the Holy Spirit's help. Now listen to this. I do this all the time. Compare your lifestyle and your actions today to the first phase when you were first born again. Stop and look. He said you've left your first love. Does anybody here besides me remember the day you got born again? That first few weeks, first few months, that first year, what you did? I don't know about you. I had to be in church. I've talked about didn't have to, but I had to in my inside, in my heart. I loved Jesus so much, but I found out he was real because I wasn't raised in a Christian family. When I found out Jesus was real, and I started going to that Holy Ghost church, I came in that place. The atmosphere of God was so thick with his anointing in that church. I saw people healed. I saw people delivered. I never knew that God talked to people. And I began to know in my heart, wow, that's Jesus. Not that I heard a voice or words, but in my heart, I never picked up on those things before. Because before I was saved, I wasn't alive to the Holy Spirit. Now that the Holy Spirit was in me, I would go to church I would get sharpened up. Let me ask you this, just a question for you. If you're just a casual church attender, let me ask you a question. When you come to church, do you get more anointing or less anointing? When you come to church, do you get more joy or less joy? When you come to church, do you be, at this church, I know about all churches, when you come to church, do you see depressed people or joyful people? Amen. And so I'm just saying this. When I got born again, and I started going to that Pentecostal church, I saw all those people that were blessed. Every time the preacher would preach, I'd hear something that changed my life forever and ever and ever and ever. They had church Sunday morning, Sunday night, Thursday night, Friday night, and twice twice a month they had week-long revivals. You know how many services I missed? No matter what it took. And back in those days, uh, 
this not say anything about modern times, but back in those days, nobody wore blue jeans or shorts to church. I thought about, what, 43 years ago. Back in those days, everybody wore suits. And so my truck driving job, well, I tell you what, talk about getting some laughs at me and some, calling some names. I took my suit into my job. We had a locker room. I hung my suit on my locker because it wouldn't fit inside. And so all day long, those people walked in there and they knew where the Holy Roller's locker, they called me a Holy Roller. They knew where the Holy Roller's locker was. And so I, I would get off, I would get off my job. I'd go to the locker room, and man, I'd throw some water in my face like that, and real quick, I'd change my suit into my suit, I'd get in my car, and I'd get right to the church. And you know what? I was happy to do that. I was never too tired to do that. If it was raining, I went. If it was snowing, I went. If it was hot, I went. That was my first love. Not the church, but Jesus, but he was in the church of all those people. And so I'm just asking you to examine yourself. If you are in the place, you're looking for God to do big things in your life, just examine yourself. Do you still have your first love? I want to say it again. How do you know what your first love was? If you truly got born again, go back and look how you lived that first year. Amen. Amen. And so examine yourself for that. And then and then make some adjustments. This, this is the last verse. Revelation 3, verse 18 to 20. And I want to remind you of the title of what Jesus wants to get into your life tonight. Jesus is ready to do big things for you. Are you ready? Jesus is ready to do big things for you. Are you ready? Uh, let, let me just ask one more time for, for a congregation participation. You don't have to raise your hand. But I hope everybody raises their hand for this question. How many want Jesus to do big things in your life? Yeah. Doug, this is hands up time. <laughs> James, it's hands up time. Okay, this is hands up time. Okay, so Jesus, you're watching them. Everybody here wants you to do big things in their life. And we're getting ready. So Revelation 3, verse 18 to 20. Verse 18 to 20 says this. I counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in the fire that thou mayest be rich and white raiment that thou mayest be clothed and that the shame of thy nakedness do not appear. He's talking about the difference between natural false prosperity to prosperity in Christ of him being your all and all and everything and being clothed in his glory. It says anoint and anoint thine eyes of salve that thou mayest see. He's talking about you. We talked about this Sunday. taught it out of Ephesians and Colossians. Your spiritual eyes being opened so you can see. And he's talking to people right here that confused money prosperity with the prosperity of God in your life that covers every, every area, every arena. That spiritual prosperity. And spiritual prosperity will always bring money. Amen. He says, as many, as many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Wow. Wow. That's pretty good. Jesus said, if he loves you, he's going to correct you. How many welcome correction from Jesus? I do. I'll tell you what, I don't, I don't like it sometimes when I see how 
goofy I've been in an area of life or how blind I was to an area of life that I couldn't see it before. But he says, I counsel you, get the salve so you can see. And so what I do is I say, Jesus, by faith, I think you've put your salve on my eyes so I can see. Talking about my spiritual eyes so I can see. Because especially if you're believing God for something big in your life and you knew it was going to happen, but then it didn't happen. That you need to stop and say, Jesus, I need your help to examine myself. Have I left my first love somewhere? Jesus, is there something I need to see I'm not seeing? Do you understand what I'm saying? And he says he loves you. He'll correct you. And then right here, right here. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. That's talking about your heart's door as a believer. If any man hear my voice, and tonight Jesus used me to speak to people here and on the Internet. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and will sup, which means to fellowship with him and he with me. There's nothing in this whole world that will do you more good than to open the door of your heart as a believer and say, Jesus, I've taken the blinders off. I've taken the guards down. And anything and everything that I need to know, I open myself up to you. Show me, Jesus. And throw one more thing in before we do communion. Years ago, I learned this off a wise preacher. He said, if you're believing God for something, and it's in the Word, and it's not happening, there's never a problem on God's end. It's always on your end. So you've got to stop and say, Jesus, it's obvious somewhere, somehow, I need to make an adjustment. Just show me what it is that I will, because I need what you promised me to come to pass in my life. Amen. Did that help anybody tonight? Amen. Well, let's stand up. And what we're going to do, we're going to receive Holy Communion. And as we do, based upon what the Lord has spoke tonight, uh, through me, from the Word of God to you, as you receive communion, we know it's midweek and it's, you know, it's all you've had long days. Take the time as we take communion and do what 1 Corinthians 11 says to do. Examine yourselves. And I believe, especially to those of you that have been let down and frustrated and you can't understand why, why, why didn't it work? Why, why, why? Examine yourself, and if Jesus shows you some corrections to make, make those corrections. If he doesn't show you anything, just keep on thinking. Lord, I want to thank you it's working. I want to thank you it's working. I want to thank you it's working. Amen? Amen. Well, let's all come up and and, uh, get the elements.
First Corinthians chapter 11. I've got it open here. I'm not going to read all the verses. But uh, most of you have been around here long enough to know that part of communion is self-examination with the Holy Spirit's help. And he says, if we would judge ourselves, God wouldn't have to judge us. And so, to me, we just we just got through doing May's devotional. It's all about family. And one of, one of my devotions there, I talked about leave it to Beaver. And I know that a lot of these generations haven't seen it, but how many of you have ever seen Leave It to Beaver? Any, any of them? Okay. How many saw Ward the dad? He was a pretty good example of a dad. And what he did, whenever the boys did something wrong and got in trouble, he would never condemn them. He'd sit down with them in a loving way. He said, oh, boys, what was the matter today? What do you think? What do you think? What do you think happened? And then Beaver, her wife said, well, Dad, we did this, and that was wrong. We shouldn't have done that. And Stack and Denver Ward would say, well, I'm glad you saw that you learned a good lesson today. Let's go play ball. And he'd have a good time with them. Well, this verse, that reminds me of that. He said, if you judge yourself, and this is pretty to me, this is awesome. The Almighty God, the creator of everything, said, if you judge yourself, I won't. And so at a time like this, this has really been to me, I don't know about you, this was to me a pretty exciting service, an anointed service for people that have been hurt about things not going how they thought they should go, and that Jesus said, go out again, throw that net out. He said, don't look back, I'm doing a new thing for people tonight to get fresh hope in their lives to go to the next phase and receive that promise He wants you to have. And so just close your eyes and however it is you talk to the Lord, just simply, real simple, just say, Lord, if there's anything on my end that's blocking you from working in my life, if you'll just show me right now, I'll change. Right where I stand, I'll change. And the Holy Spirit will help you. Just pray that simple prayer. And if He doesn't show you anything, like I said, don't go fishing. Just thank Him that things are working. Thank you for the Holy Spirit in here. Thank you for the Holy Spirit that, that's in each and every one of our hearts that talks to us, that still small voice. Jesus, you said for as many as you love, you rebuke, you correct. Lord, thank you for any correction that any of us need tonight. And the ones watching on the internet, Lord, any corrections that need to make, thank you for showing them. And Lord, I personally thank you for the big things that you're doing in our lives. I want to thank you, Lord, that we're letting you do them because we're getting out of the way so you can have your way, Lord. We just want to thank you for that. Amen. Are you ready?
It says that when Jesus had given thanks, he broke the bread and said, Take eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. And as I read that verse there, I noticed he told us something to remember. He said, remember what I did for you. My body was broke for you. He said, you can't remember this. You can look back and remember I hung on the cross. I took your sin. I took your failures. I took your shame. He said, remember that. And then the next verse, verse 25, he says, this cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do you as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. I want to point this out to you, what he said. He said, always remember the blood. The blood washed your sin away. Before you were born again, you were a sinner. He washed that past away, but then after we're Christians, we're not a sinner, we're Christians. But if we sin and confess the sin, the blood comes through again and washes it away. But you're the one. That's got to ask for forgiveness and then thank Him for it. Does this help anybody? Amen. Jesus wants to do big things in your life. Will you let Him? Amen. Amen. Now, if anybody needs prayer before we go, we'll be glad to pray for you. And if you, uh, if the Lord spoke to your heart about getting out of the way and things like that, you want some anointing, but the pastor's on you, come up here. We'll lay hands on you. And we will release in your life freshness from the Holy Ghost freshness from the Holy Ghost if you want it
you use songs of praise to shake prison walls. I will speak to my fear. I will preach to my doubt. You were faithful then. You'll be faithful now. You were faithful then. You'll be faithful now. And I know that I know that you never fail. Oh yes, I know that I know that you never will. And I know that I know that you never fail. Yes, I know that I know you never will And I know that I know You never fail Oh yes I know that I know You never will You make mountains move You make giants fall You use songs of praise To shake prison walls I will speak to my fear I will preach to my doubt You were faithful then You'll be faithful now Cause you make mountains move You make giants fall You use songs of praise To shake prison walls I will speak to my fear I will preach to my doubt You were faithful then You'll be faithful now You were faithful then You'll be faithful now And I know that I know You never fail Yes, I know that I know You never will And I know that I know You never fail Oh, yes, I know that I know Never will Cause you make mountains move And you make giants fall You use songs of praise To shake prison walls I will speak to my fear I will preach to my doubt You were faithful then You'll be faithful now You were faithful then You'll be faithful now I just had a wonderful thought. Let's act like this is 1980 all over again. 
Unless you have to go in at 10 o'clock or something. Let's start round two and have another service. <laughs> yeah, some people smile by faith, I can tell, because they're saying, Pastor, I love Jesus, but my body's not 1980. This is now. Okay, I was just joking anyway. <laughs> How many really got blessed tonight by being here? Amen, amen, amen. So, uh, so no matter what tries to come against you, every time there's a service time, just stop saying, nope. I go there, I get joy. I go there, I get depressed. I'm going to go over there. Amen, amen, amen. Let's do one more time for the Lord. Amen, amen. All right. Are we ready to speak some blessings over Barstow? How many love Barstow? And you know what? Barstow is the best place in the world for a believer to live if they're in the will of God. I learned that a long time ago. That wherever I go, if that's where God's got me, I'm going to say this is the best place in the world for me because I like being in the will of God. Amen? Amen. Let's say this together. We declare that Barstow is a blessed city. Our families are blessed. Our schools are blessed. Our churches are blessed. Barstow is healed. Barstow is prospering. Barstow is safe. Barstow is strong. Barstow is surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. Barstow is full of love joy and peace. Barstow is full of the glory of God. Barstow is Jesus. Barstow is saved. In Jesus' name, amen. I've got a friend closer than a brother There is no joy